Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, Executive Editor of Recode. And I'm Lauren Good, Senior Tech Editor at The Verge. And you're listening to Too Embarrassed to Ask, coming to you from the Vox Media Podcast Network. This is a show where we answer all of your embarrassing questions about consumer tech. It could be anything, like whether Kara has figured out how to game Facebook so she will handily win her mayoral campaign. Um, hint, Kara. Yeah. Russians know how to do it. I'm already at uh, I'm already in touch. Oh, okay. Good. So send us your questions. Find us on Twitter and tweet them to at Recode or to myself or to Lauren with the hashtag too embarrassed. We also have an email address. It's too embarrassed at recode.net. And a friendly reminder, there are two R's and two S's in embarrassed. So, Kara, yep. uh, you're in D.C. this week. Yep, yep. I'm here w- looking How's at the lobbyists and stuff. Good. I'm just checking out what's going on here because of all this Michigas with Twitter and Facebook and Google and everything else. That's such a good word. I don't think we use Michigas enough. No, we don't. I, we don't. Yeah. And in fact, in a future episode, we are going to be discussing what's going on with all the social media sites and influencing the election. So stay tuned for that. But for this episode... It's a mess. It is. It is. It's a mess. I'll be honest. I mean, I try to follow the news as is our job, um, even though I am not often directly reporting on the intersection of politics and tech, and I'm even having a hard time following exactly what's going on. So... Let me just break it down for you in the short version. Facebook, Twitter have not been doing their jobs. They're not monitoring their social networks, and they haven't put the tools in place for people to do so, and they are reaping the rewards of being wealthy people without doing their job. Thank you. There you go. It's a, it's a really big question of where the responsibility lies now, because uh, there's been this very hands-off sort of response. You know, People hide, I think, behind the notion that certain things exist as platforms or distribution networks rather than making content and what that means. And, and so we're going to be discussing a lot of that in a future episode, so stay tuned. I noticed the lo- they're all billionaires. And they- you, noticed that, you noticed that trend. You spotted it. I feel like they might want to do their <laughs> friggin' job. You got it? You got it, Mark Zuckerberg? Do your job. All right. Well, this week we're talking about an equally as important topic, which is whether or not you should spend $1,000 on a smartphone. Really $1,100 if you're if you're going for some uh, top-of-the-line models. But w- this is fall hardware season. We've talked about this a bunch, and we've seen a lot of, most of, if not all of the new products we're going to see this fall. A couple more might still be coming out in the next few weeks. Uh, but we're seeing some expensive stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so today's show is dedicated to all the people who don't want to spend hundreds or thousands of dollars on the newest and best gadgetry and instead just want something that works good, probably still pretty good. Uh, So we're going to round up the best budget picks in a bunch of different categories. And we have some help here today, too. Yes. And we're delighted to welcome Jackie Chang to the show. She's the editor-in-chief of Wirecutter, one of our favorite sites. And since we last spoke, the company got bought by a little media company called The New York Times, which actually is a little media company in the scheme of things. But um, Jackie, welcome back to Too Embarrassed to Ask. Thank you so much for having me. Um, How's it going at The Times there? Uh, things are going really well. We are, um, you know, obviously we're, we're very excited at Wirecutter to um, have become part of the Times. It's actually almost been a whole year now, which is almost mind-blowing to me. Uh, it doesn't seem like it has been that long. But um, we were a little bit like two peas in a pod, um, us and the Times, as far as how we kind of think about how we present our work. So um, it's been going really well. Yeah, congratulations on that Harvey Excellent. Weinstein stuff, even though it's not part of Wirecutter. But congratulations <laughs> to the New York Times. Anyway, so I can't take credit, but I'll pass it. Go, on. <laughs> go for it, Jackie. It's the whole group is fantastic. We love the New York Times this week. Yes, we do indeed, and um, we also love the Sweet Home as well as Wirecutter. But uh, the last I read, Sweet the Sweet Home brand, which is part of Wirecutter, you guys are folding that all into the Wirecutter, right? So everyone should just go to the Wirecutter.com 
from right. now on. Technically speaking, we are retiring two sites and uh, launching one. Um, so we're retiring the wire cutter and the sweet home, and we're, we launched wire cutter. Um, but yes, uh, you know, in about like one week or so, uh, give or take, most of the sweet home stuff will then be on the new wire cutter. So just one place to find all the stuff that you like. Excellent. Well, this show was partly inspired by an email that we got from a reader at the end of August. Her name is Edith Baker, and she wrote in and she said, what suggestions could you give for the purchase of a pre-owned iPhone and mobile carrier? She said she's 75 years old. She lives alone on a restricted income, and she hopes to save up and pay in cash for the phone. So she's looking for a reputable phone source. Uh, and right now she said she's leaning towards T-Mobile for the carrier she said she uh, she does not necessarily trust the business practices of other wireless carriers like ATT and Verizon. Uh, and she just wanted to know what the best one to go for is. And we kind of thought a lot of people ask us this. I just, my mom was just asking me this week, what iPhone should I buy? And she doesn't want the brand new one. A lot of people say, I'm looking at an Android phone. Which one should I get? I don't want to spend $800. Um, and since we hear this a lot and not everyone's gearing up for the, the, uh, iPhone 10 on November 3rd, we, th- we thought we'd, we thought we'd ask this. So, um, Jackie, what is your, what is your kind of first piece of advice to someone like Edith Baker? So I think, I mean, this is a question that does come up pretty often. I get it, um, and we get it, uh, you know, at Wirecutter a lot. Uh, I, I think that there's a lot of angles that you can come at this from. Um, you know, one of the one of the things that we advise from Wirecutter a lot, you, you know, whether you're on a budget or not, is that, you know, the important thing for most people is that they are able to still, you know, use the apps and music and other things that they already have. So if you are, like, already on for example, the, you know, the Android ecosystem, as opposed to iOS, like you're probably going to be going down that path as opposed to an iPhone. So that's, that's really the first question. Um, you know, as far as Android phones though, if, if that's like your angle, um, I think that you can get some decent deals without necessarily having to go pre-owned. Uh, like for example, one of the ones that we recommend actually our top pick in our budget Android phone piece is currently the Motorola, I think the Moto 5G plus, um, and that one's currently like $220 on Amazon unlocked for all carriers. Um, so that's one that actually, like, if I if it were up to me and I had $200 to spend, um, that's probably what I would do. Uh, we we really felt like it, you know, had great performance, great quality compared to, especially compared to other, you know, budget level phones. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think that if you are going to buy pre-owned, like, what I usually try to do is go for... Like, I always try to go to the refurbs that are offered directly from the company first. So whether that's T-Mobile or, you know, Motorola or something, that those usually tend to be, like, pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so one of the things I've actually said to my mom, who's in the market now for a newer iPhone, I think she's in an iPhone 5, and she wants an upgrade, but she doesn't want to pay all of that money for a new one, was just to upgrade to a 6S. It's better than the one she's got. It, I think you can get it for about $440 now, for $450 now from the Apple store, but through a carrier, it can be around $18 a month. And I think that'll be just enough of an upgrade to suit her needs. But the one thing I would say to people who are looking for a budget phone or looking to go a little bit cheaper on a phone, don't get the base storage. That's one thing that I think I'll always say to people, it's just going to drive you crazy in the long run because you'll end up paying for cloud storage in some way whatsoever, or you'll just constantly get that notification that you don't even have enough memory to take a photo um, or enough storage space to take a photo. So you try to get more than 16 gigabytes of storage for sure. Uh, and then the other thing I would say to someone like Edith Baker about the carrier, and Jackie, let me know if you agree with this, is just um, you could get the best deal possible on 
whatever deal, whatever wireless carrier is offering at that moment. But if they happen to have really poor service in your area, it's not going to do you any good. At the end of the day, you still need reception. So why don't we go through this rigorously? Why don't we start with mobile carrier? So, or actually, Jackie, why don't you go into how you guys do your budget picks and top picks? Because every Wire does a lot of research in reviews and always offers a uh-huh. top pick and a budget pick. And so talk about how your team goes about the budget pick, and then we'll talk talk about some budget choices, especially around phones, because I think that's where most people are most concerned about. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, so it is, it's a little bit of a, a black magic thing. Um, but generally speaking, um, we actually just when we approach our top picks in general, um, we do incorporate, I would say, you know, price and budget as part of that consideration. So there are some pieces where our top pick is like what we consider to be also like the best budget pick. Um, and then there are many situations like you just described where there's a top pick and then there is like a, an explicit budget pick that's like, you know, really, really, you know, if you're serious about saving money. Um, and that's usually the way that we kind of differentiate that is that, um, you know, the top pick is a top pick for a very, you know, various reasons. It may be because it has the perfect combination of features and usability and the, but you know, the price is good. Um, budget pick is usually something where, like it's it's not as like we'll be open about it. It's not as good as the top pick, but um, you know you might be able to save a substantial amount of money if you don't care about you know certain features. So that's often how we'll arrive at that um, for our budget picks. What qualifies as a budget pick from a price range perspective? Like, are you looking for a certain amount less than the than the top pick in order to make it a budget pick? I would say you know not really, but I would say that it's usually something like what is the you know, I actually read it in one of our guides when I was researching stuff for this podcast. Um, it's usually like, what is the the most, let's say the most affordable option that is tolerable to use? Um, so we will not, like, we will definitely not get to the point where we're ever recommending things that are truly, like, horrible to use and going to ruin your life. Um, if that is the case, like, well, we would rather just avoid recommending it at all. So it's usually something that is like, as cheap as you can go without, you know, tearing your hair out, um, you know, it's still usable for some reason. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. so um, so what would you say the number one thing people are sacrificing in that vein when they go for a cheaper option? And 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 the reasons they do it is because they're, they're cheaper, essentially. But are they sacrificing, you know, mm-hmm. given these prices now are so high? I mean, and even people who have money, I've noticed with the iPhone, for example, are just like going, whoa. Like, you know, the people who can afford it, that I think can afford it. Mm-hmm. Um, so can we talk about that? What do you think they sacrifice when they go for the cheaper option? Why haven't there been more cheaper options of high quality, essentially? I think, well, okay, I'll answer your first question. Um, you know, I think what people sacrifice most of the time when we're talking about tech in particular, um, you know, it's usually features. So, you know, especially if you compare, say, the iPhone 10 against, you know, a million other iPhones, um, iPhone 10 has a ton of features that, you know, most people in the world probably don't need, even frankly, you know, technophiles probably don't need, but they want. Um, so features that are often high-end features uh, that you don't need. And then I would say after that, it's probably build quality and things like that. Like, for example, I was reading up on our um, Chromebook recommendations and like our recommendation for the, you know, the bare minimum that you can tolerate. That's something that has like a super creaky case. Like it sounds, it frankly, it just feels and sounds like it's about to fall apart. Um, as opposed to our top pick Chromebook, which we say is like basically comparable to a Windows Ultra, Ultrabook, which is great. Um, so I think that that's often what you'll get when you start going down in price. 
I see. What sites aside from the wire cutter are usually a good place for people to start when they're looking for pre-owned or cheaper options? Should they go be going to Amazon or eBay or should they trust Craigslist or Nextdoor? What, what do you recommend sort of if they're, if they're not just going straight to the wire cutter and saying, what's the budget pick here? What are some mm-hmm. other options for people? Well, if I'm looking, if I'm kind of doing my own, you know, research for whatever reason, and I'm just going around to, you know, various websites, you know, what I like, I really like Gazelle. So Gazelle is a a great place to both sell and then buy used stuff. Um, That is, it's like super reliable. We've used it a ton at Wirecutter. Um, I feel completely, you know, comfortable recommending it. Uh, And then like I said... Explain Gazelle to people because they don't know it as well. I'm sorry. So Gazelle is a service where um, they buy, I guess to start with, they buy used electronics like phones, laptops, things like that, off of people like you and me. So it's kind of, you know, instead of going to eBay to sell my, my phone to whoever uh, bids on it, I might go to Gazelle and they'll just offer me some amount. Um, usually it's a little bit less than you might get if you were really trying to maximize your dollars, but um, you know it's usually pretty decent. So they'll make you an offer based on how you describe it and then you send it in and then they'll kind of verify the quality uh, and then they'll, they'll give you the money. And then on the flip side, then they'll usually refurb it um, and then resell it to someone else. So as a buyer, you could go to Gazelle. Uh, and then look at like basically all the used things that they have. So they have used, you know, every single phone you can ever imagine, um, plus laptops and other things. Uh, and like I said, that's a great place to go. Like I, I like to go there and kind of browse around. In fact, when you were talking about iPhones, um, Lauren, I was, I was looking at how much the iPhone 6s is going for, and you can get a 64 gig, um, 6s for like $380, which is, you know, that's what I would do. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's a great place to go. And then you know, like I said earlier, I would I would I like to go to manufacturer like refurb pages if they have them. Um, Apple has a popular refurb section. It moves super fast. So you can barely ever keep up with it. But um, that's a great place to find what I consider to be you know high quality refurbished items. Um, you know, I I really stay away from eBay these days. <laughs> I, I, that's not to trash eBay, but... No, Craigslist and Extra. Yeah. I'm worried about them, too. I had that really bad experience on all, all those things when I was trying to sell some stuff. Yeah, well, selling is always a nightmare. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So why avoid them? What was, what's the... Well, it's... Uh, I, people are flaky. <laughs> um, I think selling... People can be flaky, although on eBay, you know, it's a little less flaky because of the whole bidding and, uh, you know, buy it now system. Um, but on Craigslist, you know, anyone who's ever sold anything, you know, forget like technology, even trying to sell like a bike is impossible. Um, but then, but then when you're buying too, I, I just feel like, you know, there's, it's so hard to verify whether these people, you know, really have what they say they're going to have, um, whether the features really are what they what they claim, you know, it might arrive at your house and it has like no RAM in it <laughs> when they said that it, it had, you know, 64 gigs or something like that. So it just feels like, you know, if anything, it's just a waste of time too for you to have to kind of deal with all that stuff. Um, for me, I like to, you know, know that I'm getting a decent product from Apple Refurb or something that Gazelle has already examined. I just, you know, it's, it saves me time from having to stress about it and I still get a decent deal. So very quickly, let's go through some of your top budget picks for uh, specific categories, and then we're going to get to our reader questions. Uh, we talked a little bit about smartphones earlier, but what would you say is uh, the best budget pick right now for someone who's looking for a new smartphone? Uh, if you're an Android person, I say Motorola Moto 
5G Plus, and uh, if you're an iPhone person, I agree with you. I think it's uh, a used iPhone success. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, that, that seems like the perfect balance. Can you get a new iPhone success <laughs> or not? Are they available? I guess you could get it new, yeah. You can get it new from Apple for like uh, $450, I want to say. Mm -hmm. um, but if you get it from, from Gazelle, you get it for $380. Okay, next, laptop. So, um, again, it kind of depends on what features you're looking for. Uh, if you're going for a Chromebook, um, we really like, I guess we really like the Asus Chromebook Flip 302 CA, which is like $500. Um, it's a little more expensive than we like for Chromebook, but it's it's so high quality that we think it's worth it. Um, for for MacBooks, I, again, you know, I would go refurb. So I would get like, a, say, like a 2015 MacBook Pro, um, which is actually what I use right now. Uh, and I would get that from hopefully Apple and if not from Gazelle. Uh, and let's see, we have a, we have a budget windows laptop pick, which is the Acer spin five. And it's about $600. Um, that one is really good. Actually. It's got a great solid state drive, decent processor, enough memory. It'll last you for years. Um, so yeah, that's what we like. <laughs> good choices. Windows laptops are something I get asked about a lot too. Like people who are just, they're not getting a Mac. They know that. And then they start, they go to Best Buy and they're like, well, there's a Dell here. There's an HP here for a few hundred dollars. Um, and so I feel like it's always good to know what a good pick actually is and sort of lay out why as you just did. Yep. Mm -hmm. What about tablets or e-readers? Man, this is a tough one because, well, for tablets, I just think in all honesty, I don't know if too many people really need tab tablets. Um, I, I think that if you're going to go for one for whatever reason, uh, you should just get a you should just get a, a refurb iPad. Um, I don't really like. I'm not a huge Android tablet fan myself, so I would not personally recommend those. I never use my tablet ever. I don't know what yeah. it is. No, it's we bad. had an I mean, Android tablet in the kitchen for a while, and honestly, the the Amazon Echo Show has replaced it. Because the show is like voice and tablet, and it's just now we do everything that we would have done on the tablet on the show. All right, uh, smart home speaker. Smart home speaker. I, you know, I actually toiled over this. I don't know that it's so easy to recommend something unless you know what ecosystem you like. Um, although, you know, if you're a, if you're an Amazon person, um, the the Echo Dot, or I'm sorry, yeah, Echo Dot is pretty cool. It's cheap too. Yeah, and Google Home has the new little one, the Home Mini, uh, which is also fifty bucks. I think they're both fifty bucks. So I think those are both great, but you know, it sort of depends on if you're into the you know Google stuff or Amazon stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and in fact, the Google Home Mini just heard this entire conversation. So no, I'm just kidding. There <laughs> was a bug. The right the, the units they shipped to reporters. There was a bug where it was recording conversations, but apparently they fixed this. Mm -hmm. What about wearables, or as Kara calls them, unwearables? What do you uh, think is the best budget wearable? You know, I'm glad that you said that Kara calls them unwearables because that's kind of how I feel. When you know, <laughs> I think that, in all honesty, if you're on a budget, uh, I don't even think you should get wearables. Like, just forget it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Not even a Fitbit. We do have a recommendation, you know, it, uh, but I like I said, if you're on a serious budget, I say don't get it. Um, we recommend the Fitbit Flex 2 for our budget pick. Um, it's like 60 bucks, which is, yeah, yeah. And it doesn't have a fancy screen or anything. You know, it's pretty basic, but like it's less than half the price of, you know, many of the other ones. Also, your phone does your steps right. now, right? If you're doing steps and things like that. Or you could just get a cheap uh, pedometer. Pedometer. Yeah. And your phone has GPS. So 
Kara, what's your favorite budget gadget? What's like the number one gadget you have right now that you'd say is less than $100 and you're really into? Um, gosh, I don't. I love my AirPods. I'm trying to think. I have a little thing. Uh, I don't. I don't. Most of the things are expensive. I have. I don't, I, don't, I don't have any budget gadgets. Actually, not true. I was in Las Vegas and there's this little thing. It's a little can and I don't know the name of it. But you, it's a little can of energy uh, for your phone. And you plug, it, it comes with a little doohickey. And you plug it into your phone and it instantly charges it, like in seconds. And then it's depleted. And I think it was like $10. Um, and I've used, I, I bought a couple of them and I use them. They're really great. That's pretty great. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was there, 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 you know, it's right near where you get the energy drinks or the energy, the little fast things or <laughs> whatever, or, or the little pot paraphernalia in the front of a gas station essentially and it was great and you just plug it into your phone and you and it charges it in seconds and then it's then you throw it out that was interesting i love that your budget pick is a like ten dollar doohickey you got next to a las vegas gas station which its name you're not quite sure of but you're welcome everybody there was something with a b it was a b color i can't remember and it was it's cool it worked very well mine is the amazon fire tv stick oh okay why it's only 40. Well, so this is last year's, the 2016 model, because I have not yet reviewed the new Fire TV products, but uh, it was only 40 bucks and it works with a voice remote. And Amazon does this thing where as you're watching the programming, it will show you information right on the screen about like the actors that are in it and shows some biographies of them and things like that. And um, it's not, it doesn't support 4K last year's, but I don't have a 4K TV. So it's just, uh, it supports 1080p HD. And, um, yeah, it just seems to me like, okay, so I'll, I'll be honest, I have a lot of TV boxes at home because, you know, occupational perk, I suppose, or hazard, depending on how you look at that. And so I have like the Apple TV and various Roku's and an Xbox and like all this stuff. Um, but when I just want to watch Amazon Prime Video, Apple TV doesn't su- support that yet. I think it's coming this year, but they don't support it yet. So I just stick in the, the Amazon Fire TV stick and it's 40 bucks. All right. And did they so tell dude, you all about my... which movies you have to avoid that are Harvey Weinstein's yet or not? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, no, they don't have a, they don't have a display that tells you all of the women related programming that Roy Price turned down. down. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. So, and, and then uh, Jackie, what's your favorite budget gadget? The, this one's hard for me too. Um, let's see. I guess it's not so much a gadget, but I, I like some apps. Like I use Mint a little bit too religiously uh, for budgeting. Okay. In a minute, we're going to take some questions on buying tech on a budget from our readers and listeners. But first, we're going to take a quick break from a word from our sponsors. I think this should be a subdued ka-ching because we're talking about budget stuff. So ka-ching. Ka-ching. Okay, ka-ching. ka-ching. All right, today's show is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Are you in need of great talent for your business but short on time? You don't have to get lost in a huge stack of resumes to find your perfect hire. You just need the right tools. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards with just one click. Then ZipRecruiter puts its smart matching technology to work, actively notifying qualified candidates about your job within minutes of posting so you receive the best possible matches. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other hiring sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on the right candidates finding you. It finds them. No wonder 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. Find out why ZipRecruiter has been used by growing businesses of all sizes and industries to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. Right now, our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash ask. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash ask. One more time to try it for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash ask. 
Okay, we're back with Jackie Chang, the editor-in-chief of Wirecutter, and we're talking about buying tech on a budget. Now we're going to take some questions on that topic from our readers and listeners. Lauren, would you read the first question? I would love to. This one's from a fan of the pod, Joseph Bullivant. As we mourn the continued demise of the headphone jack, what are the most affordable wireless headphone options? Jackie, go for it. So we recommend the Jabra Move wireless headset, which is like, you know, it's an over. It's like one of those big bulky headphones. It's not going to be slim or anything, but they're under $100, and those work really well. Like, I think that the, the Bluetooth stays connected really well, which is often a problem with uh, Bluetooth headphones. But if you're going for earbuds, I think that can be a challenge because that's when you start getting, like, disconnection issues sometimes, and that's when you might have to just spend more Um you know, a lot of people, I would say once you start getting under like 80 bucks or so on Bluetooth, like earbuds, that's when quality starts falling off. All right. Good hmm. to know. All right. Nice. Next one from Hillal. What is the best budget AI speakers? Wow. AI speakers. You know, same, I guess, as the answer before. If, we're, if you're going to go for, I assume we're talking about Alexa type stuff. Um, <clears throat> I would probably just get an Echo Dot. Um, again, those are 50 bucks. It's like tiny. Uh, if you're on a budget, that's all you really need. And you can still do all the Alexa stuff. And for me, that's the most, I mean, it's, it's the best. They work great. I haven't. Um, but then also the next question, Echo Dot or Google Home Mini, and you pick the Echo Dot? I think it depends on, on your, your platform um, that you're into, but I would pick the Echo Dot just because, uh, you know, Prime members get deals on them and it's just cool. <laughs> that question was from Mickey Solar, but Mickey, see above. Okay. Next question is from Jamie Barnett. Hi, Jamie. What's the best combo of music services, streaming plus in-home for max flexibility and longevity? So I I saw this one on Twitter. I thought about it all weekend. Um, I think, you know, as usual, it sort of depends on your platforms. But if I, you know, without knowing any more, I guess I would, you know, I would probably go with something like Spotify, to be honest. Um, I feel like Spotify is integrated with with so many things. Plus, you know, it's easy for you to take with you on your phone. Um, and it's still kind of that classic service that everyone uses. But, uh, you know, people nowadays are, are using who knows everything. So uh, I don't know if you guys have any better recommendations, but that's what I would tell people. I've used Spotify, Apple Music, and then YouTube, which is, or honestly, I'm not going to lie. Google Play's music options still confuse me because I know they have YouTube Red now, which you could pay for for an ad for YouTube experience, but you also get music streaming or something. But then there's Google Play Music, which is, so yeah, their offerings just kind of confuse me. Um, I've tried both Spotify and Apple Music. I tend to like Apple Music's playlists better. Uh, I think Spotify is like a little more obscure um, when they put together playlists for you. And a lot of times I'm like, who, what is, who is this? Like I'll go through an entire playlist of like having no idea who the artists are, which is something by the way, about how little time I spend listening to music these days. Um, But Spotify is on like everything and everything I can think of. Um, There's integration with whether it's an echo device, whether it's Sonos. um, Yeah. So I think I'd go with that too. I'd recommend that too. Yeah. I like Spotify. Although, you know, we'll see how, whether they're going public and whatever else happens to them in the future. But I like them better because they're funky. Kara sounds like she knows something. Yes, I do. I do <laughs> Spotify. Uh, Anshul Kapoor, best time for saving gadget app software under $20 that changed life. Best time saving. Best time saving gadget. Yeah. Okay. Time saving. Anybody? That's a good question. That is a good question. That changed my life? <laughs> Google. <laughs> Google. Google. 
<laughs> that is under $20, I guess. Just, you know, you sell your data. <laughs> this is not under $20. It's, I think it's $64, $65 a year, but w password management in past, you know, one password changed my life, I'd say. All right. What about you? You know, I, I think, well, I, I like the one password answer. Um, I guess I'm going to go back to, to Mint, uh, if only because that helps me, you know, deal with um, money stuff. Uh, and technically Mint is free. Uh, you just have to connect it with everything. Yeah. All right. I would say this little tiny thing I got in a store in San Francisco that I wrap, <laughs> finally wrap my earbuds in, which I don't need anymore, but I do use them. Um, I, it's a way, it has two magnets on either side. I've tried every single one of these things and I finally found the one I liked. You just wrap it around the phones and then the, it magnets together and it's the first thing that holds my, my, um, wireless, oh. my bud, my air bud, air, you know, it's great. I honestly thought you were going to say, I'm going to recommend this little thing I found near a gas station in Las Vegas that charges money. In the Mission. There's a new, <laughs> there's a new store in the Mission in San Francisco that's all gadgets for your gadgets, essentially. And it's cool. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, it's, well, you know, it's largely ridiculous. If we're naming gadgets, you know, this is maybe a lame answer, but honestly, I, I love like a super long iPhone cable, like a super long lightning cable. Um, that has that has really changed my life, especially while traveling. You know, they always put outlets like halfway across the room in hotel rooms and uh, having a long cable is great. Yes, I have a yeah. 10 foot one. What do you have? I think mine's like yeah i love it i wander around with it a lot it's like being tethered to an old phone against the wall again of course uh the way we used to be. <laughs> i was gonna say what i was gonna add one more thing to that which is which is so low tech which is pockets like i just bought a new sleeve for my uh laptop and i was like oh should i just get a regular sleeve or should i get one with extra pockets whenever there's an option for pockets just get it you're going to, whether it's extra pockets on a backpack or extra pockets on a laptop sleeve or extra, just, you're going to want to put dongles and cables and batteries in places. Next one is from Josh Campbell. Budget smartphones are mostly Android and their updates slash security are terrible. Do you see that situation improving soon? Yes. Cheap phones or Android. What do you think, Jackie? I, I, you know, I'm a little pessimistic on this one. I personally don't really see that improving too soon, especially for the low end, um, you know, Android phones. That's kind of how they make them so cheap is that they load them all, all up with this stuff and advertise to you. So I, I think that if you're going to be shopping in that area, like that's something that you're always going to be dealing, dealing with. That's true. They come in so many different sizes and form factors too, that it's just hard to have a consistent experience across all of them. So this, the software updates don't come across consistently. Two ninety nine for one, two dollars and ninety nine cents for one. When I went to China, all right. Uh, David Glenn <laughs> Walker. Given the con the constant speed of new tech releases, is buying older, cheaper models the better version option versus price? That's what you were just saying, Jackie. So I, uh, first of all, I definitely think that is true. Um, I and I like Gazelle. Uh, but I also like to go to, you know, Apple's refurb page, Dell's refurb page, um, you know, Acer, like just, I like to just kind of peruse, um, even outside of, you know, this, uh, tech thing, like even when you're looking for kitchen stuff, like for example, KitchenAid has a refurb section, which is great because, you know, KitchenAid stuff can be what? really expensive. Oh yeah. You should check it out. <laughs> real, real for clothing. Yeah. I, I, older clothing, that's, people will do it for clothing, but not devices. I get a little nervous to buy an, uh. A device for lots of reasons. I'm not sure why that is. I think there's probably data on it or who knows. You know what I mean? Like you feel like. Yeah. Or scuffs and scratches or things like that. Like that there's a virus on it or something. I don't, I don't know why I think that. 
But that's usually yeah. they clean them off with these gazelles, correct? Is that correct? Presumably. Yeah, I, I uh, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> of course, now now you're making me paranoid. I'm like, do they? No, I, I'm pretty sure they do. <laughs> <laughs> Jackie, now that you mention KitchenAid, I feel like we have to have you back on the show sometime in the near future to talk just about home gadgets, not not smart home speakers and stuff, but I've spent I think I think I've spent more time on the Sweet Home than I have on the wire cutter. I'm admitting that as a tech reporter, but I love the Sweet Home and I love the reviews you guys do of everything from sleeping bags to fans to the best Tupper. I bought the Tupperware that's on the Sweet Home. It is the best Tupperware. I mean, olive oil. Literally, you guys have reviewed olive oil. This is, sorry, no, we could go out right now. Back to tech, back to tech. All right, last question. Go ahead, Lauren. Uh, last question is from David Lindsley. Hi again, David. He said, I do have a question. Well, that's great. Send it in. How much value should one place on interoperability, uh, example, Apple ecosystem versus price? That's a good question. These days, we have really... You know, it's 2017. We're really, in my opinion, deep in this like space where everyone is like, everyone, as in the manufacturers, are not thinking about interoperability. There are some like I was thinking about Sonos this morning and how they're kind of trying to be that that company now, where they do have you know every single service on Sonos. But you know, Apple's not doing that, and like Google's you know not doing that for everything. Um, same with Amazon. Everybody's kind of got their own things going on. So honestly, like I don't know that interoperability is exactly something that we can all count on <laughs> when we're going into all these ecosystems. I think really what counts is, uh, you know, what you already have. So again, like if you already have apps and, and music and whatnot um, on one particular platform and you want to stay there, that might make a difference. Otherwise, you know, I think you kind of need to pick one and sort of commit and hope that it doesn't uh, become bad for some reason. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Kara, how do you feel about ecosystem walk-in? I just am an Apple. I don't care. <laughs> You're just locked in. Yeah, I usually dabble in the Google world when someone sends me Google-ish things, but I don't, I'm not the, I, I, I don't know. You have to pick one, I think. I just don't know how you don't pick one and then go with whatever items are attached to them. But I do. You're right about Sonos. I love Sonos because it works with everything. It does. It's They've been really good that way. And it's really pleasant to deal with it. Anyway, this has been another great episode of Too Embarrassed to Ask. Jackie, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Thank you very much. It's great having you on the show again. And we hope you will come back on in the future. And if you all enjoyed this week's episode as much as we did, be sure to subscribe to our show. We would love it if you did that. And you can leave us a review at iTunes.com slash Too Embarrassed to Ask. When you subscribe, you'll be the first to listen to new episodes every Friday or catch up on previous episodes where we answer all of the questions that our listeners have been too embarrassed to ask. And if you're not on Apple Podcasts, you can also subscribe on Spotify, Google Play Music, wherever you listen to podcasts. Or you can listen to every episode at recode.net slash podcast. Just go to the website. And while you're there, you should check out our other podcasts like Recode Decode, Recode Replay, and Recode Media with Peter Kafka. The Verge also has a great podcast called The Vergecast, hosted by Neelai Patel. And there's another Verge podcast launching soon, too, called Why'd You Push That Button, where two of our culture reporters and tech reporters are going to be discussing um, how technology is influencing our social life. It sounds really cool. Mm. And hip. Very hip. Badly. Yeah. It's influencing it bad. <laughs> Don't forget, tweet your questions ahead of time to at Recode with the hashtag Too Embarrassed or email them to Too Embarrassed at Recode.net. Thank you for listening. Thanks also to Cadence 13, the company that distributes this show, including Beth O'Connell and our editor, Chris Basil. And thank you to our producer, Eric Johnson. We'll be back next week to answer more of the questions you've all been too embarrassed to ask. So tune in then. 